theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. I would like to invite you and everybody that's watching today to open up your Bibles or your Bible apps to the book of Luke chapter 16, excuse me, Luke chapter 6 and verse 17. If you don't have your Bible or your Bible app, it's okay. We got you covered. We're going to display the passage of scripture that I'm reading from today in just a few moments. Luke 6, 17 through 20. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. Then he lifted up his eyes toward his disciples and said, Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And I simply want to share this thought with you by the help of his spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Going once, going twice, sold for $7,000. The auctioneer sealed the bid with the sounding of the gavel and the transaction was done. Rita Coors had just purchased a porcelain mask hand-painted by the late songwriter and singer John Denver. But just as she reached for the mask to kind of bask in her accomplishment, of getting this prized possession. It slipped through her fingers and shattered into many pieces on the floor. She was devastated, but she didn't demand a refund. Instead, she picked up all the broken pieces and took them home with her. She took the pieces and crafted them around a collection of John Denver photographs. She not only has a souvenir now, but she also has a story to tell. You know, people seek perfection in an imperfect world. Perfect score, a perfect complexion, a perfect mind, a perfect family. We want 2.5 kids with a white picket fence and a dog named Fido. We want the perfect home, the perfect marriage, perfect calendar or the perfect wardrobe, if you will. My wardrobe, don't even get me started. I'm like right now preaching. I'm just, this COVID weight is getting at me. I'm just like sucking everything in. That's either here <laughs> nor there. I need a very flexible, I need some supernatural clothes like the Lord gave them when they were walking through the wilderness that would just adjust with my COVID weight. But I'm coming out of this in Jesus name. I'm like, I'm gonna get right. Praise God. But people want a perfect wardrobe or the perfect car or the perfect job, not the perfection of having learned from mistakes and grown, not the perfection that comes from maturing 
in grace. No, they want the perfection of paradise, a longing for something that is not to be on this earth, a latent hunger and a desire of a mistake-free, hurt-free, unblemished life. It's not found on this side of of the sun. We watch people all over in every sphere of life, friends, family members, colleagues, neighbors. We watch people act like they have it all together. They project an air of confidence and assurance. And each day is another day to kind of shine or polish, if you will, their performance. And each day they don't even measure up to their own expectations, but they purpose all the more to be that much more polished the next day. And everyone knows that's around them, friends, family members, colleagues, can see the ominous crash that is coming their way. That something is going to break. Something will snap. The marriage will turn south. Uh, A child will break your heart. A business deal will go bad. A greener pastor proves to be a mirage in anything but green and a pastor. A rule is bent, then perhaps broken, a vow is broken, and then a heart is in pieces. Illusions are shattered, and dreamboats become shipwrecks. A doctor's report, a phone call, an email, a text message, a DM, a a sudden burst of news changes everything. A bull is turned loose in our own china closets, if you will, and things are broken. And when it happens, what then? What happens when a world is turned or torn, excuse me, into a million pieces? What do you do when your world is shattered into thousands of pieces? What do I do when we're all looking for something called perfection that is elusive and cannot be attained in this life? I share this quote with you from Augustine. He says, and I quote, Adam the father of humanity, himself is now spread out over the whole face of the earth. Originally one, he has fallen and breaking up, he has filled the whole earth with pieces. See, that's what we all are, broken pieces. We are a menagerie of hurts and wounds and scars, and there is no superglue to fix us. As a matter of fact, if we're just keeping it real, we're all fighting the ghost of our past. It is quite probable that someone that's hearing these words at this very moment is fighting an inner battle with the ghost of their past. The skeletons in your closet from yesterday are beginning to rattle louder and louder. You've tried to tape up the closet, if you will. You've tried to put a piece of furniture in front of it, and you're trying to hold it back from busting out, but you realize now you hear or you're concerned that people hear the skeleton bones in your closet rattling loud, and you wonder if you'll be found out, if you will. You're probably thinking, this is it. It's over. I can't win. The party's over. The facade is over. I'm about to be found out. My past has caught up to me. Allow me to present to you uh, just these destructive and inaccurate accusers, if you will, may be true that the things that you have done would embarrass you if they would become public knowledge. But can I just let you know, you may have committed a terrible and a tragic sin that was never traced back to you. You may have a criminal record or a moral charge or a domestic conflict that to this moment is private information. You may 
may be wrestling with the past that has been fractured and wounded by a mental or an emotional breakdown. Futile attempts at suicide may add to the previous scar tissue and increase your fear of being labeled sick or nervous, if you will. It is possible that you live with memories covered now by the sands of time of an illicit relationship or financial failure or perhaps a terrible habit, a divorce or a scandalous involvement. But you might feel like one of these things may mar or cripple your reputation if the dirty details are ever divulged on the table of those who love to gossip. But can I just tell you, I want to encourage you for just one moment. Before you surrender your case as a hopeless, consider the liberating evidence that I'm about to share with you that scripture tells us. Abraham, founder of Israel and Tag, the friend of God, was once a worshiper of idols. Joseph had a prison record, but later became the prime minister of Egypt. Moses was a murderer, but later became the one who delivered his nation from the slavery of the Egyptians and under Pharaoh's heavy rule. I could go on and on. Rahab was a harlot in the streets of Jericho, but was later used in such a mighty way that she entered into what we call the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. Somebody ought to know that God will use you in spite of your imperfections. As a matter of fact, God wants to use you in spite of your imperfections because he knows that if he does it, he'll get the glory. And people won't be able to look and say, look at what Akil did or look at what so-and-so did. They'll be able to say, look, God did that. If anybody is thankful for a God who is rich in mercy, rich in grace, somebody ought to give him praise. If you're thankful God is not a God of a second chance, but another chance, you ought to lift your hands and magnify him. If you're thankful this day, somebody give him glory. If you're still unconvinced, Eli and Samuel were both poor, inconsistent uh, fathers, but proved to be strong men in God's hands, regardless of their failures or mistakes. Jonah and John Mark were missionaries who ran away from hardships like they were cowards, but still God used them mightily. Peter openly denied the Lord and said, I want nothing to do with this man. He cursed and said, I don't even know who the man is. Yet he became the spokesman and stood up with the others behind him and preached the gospel on the day of Pentecost. Can I tell you, Paul, who had become vicious to people who are of the way, if you will, the uh, Christianity. Bible calls it the way early on and then they became Christians in Antioch Acts chapter 13, 14 you can read about it but Paul who was vicious God uses him God wants to use us praise God he wants to use us in spite of us Heaven is filled with stories of redeemed, refitted renegades and rebels. How wonderful his grace is how magnificent is his mercy how malignant is guilt. How sweet are his promises. How sour is the past. How precious, how wide, how deep, how high is his love. See, man's limitations are pretty narrow. Really rigid, legalistic. God is not that way. There is not a single person who was a part of Extraordinary Church who is listening to me right now who sits free from a few things that he or she is ashamed of. Not 
one of us. Everybody look at your neighbor. I, I, I'm just looking. Everybody look at your neighbor and be like, look, oh, I know you got some skeletons in the closet. I, I, I know you done. I know you've done something that you're not proud of that you don't want anybody to find out. You can fake everybody else out, but I'm pastors come to read your mail today. This is why we say it and we say it loudly and we say it boldly. No perfect people allowed. Look at your neighbor and tell them, but I've got good news. No perfect people allowed. Look at your spouse and tell them, no perfect spouse allowed. Look at your kids and tell them, no perfect kids allowed. I love you because God loves me somebody give him praise this is what i love look at verse 19 in luke chapter 6 and the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and healed them all he then lifted his eye up his eyes toward his disciples and said blessed are you poor for yours is the kingdom of god now no doubt the crowds following jesus brought a lot of chaos now in our text, we understand that most, the, most of the broken humanity here in this setting were coming out in droves. I mean, they're coming after Jesus with everything that they have. And logistically, this wasn't exactly a color-coded triage where it's like, okay, red is urgent, yellow, uh, you will get to you in a moment. It's not life-threatening. And green, you might have some temporary coughs or something. We'll get to you uh, a little later on. It wasn't any of that. It was an unmitigated free-for-all. It was a totally new kind of thing for the desperate and for the disciples. Praise God. I've got news for the desperate today. I've got news for the broken. I've got news for the church. It's a new day, a day that it is not about us. No more selfish living. No more church for us. We are here for others that need to know him. Jesus takes this time out he sits down with his disciples after the throngs of people have touched him and they've been changed. They've been healed. Those that were possessed were now delivered. Those who were dealing with calamities emotionally, financially, mentally, they're, they're made right. They're made whole and people are astounded. And Jesus is looking at his disciples probably uh, because they're bewildered and they're probably a bit perturbed because the only people that seem to be following them are the ones that nobody wants anything to do with. You know what I'm talking about. Those people that irritate you, the people that you try to distance yourself from the people that you're like, whew, they smell, or I think he might be, you know, the, you know, the person you look beyond when you're at the stoplight because you want to ignore them. You don't want to make eye contact with them. The people that you don't want to come washing your windshield. It's all of those people that are just there. And it's making the disciples remarkably uncomfortable. So Jesus says, time out. Let me sit down for a moment. Let me talk to you. I'm sorry. Oh, it's the perfect opportunity to chat about his kingdom perspective regarding the growing mob of poor people following them around. He begins to teach and he drops this bomb on him. Verse 20, he lifts up his eyes toward his disciples and he says this statement, blessed are you poor for yours is the kingdom of God. In other words, what he's saying, fellas, is you see that mess over there, the people you're running away from, 
the people that you're trying to distance yourself from, the people that you're almost kind of inadvertently trying to say, give Jesus some space and therefore give me some space. You see those people over there? You see that mess? I think it's beautiful. (laughs) And guess what? They're not so different from you. Jesus explains this new pecking order, this upside down system where the first would now be last and the last would be first. All those broken folks, all those poor folks, all those sick people, all those people you're trying to avoid, they are now the VIPs of the kingdom. Praise God. They were blessed, fortunate, and better off than most well-educated, able-bodied people. Not because they were financially better, not because they had uh, a cerebral acumen, if you will, but simply because of their desperation that made them humble and willing to be open to all that Jesus had for them. Praise God. Is anybody hungry for him today? Is anybody willing to say, God, I need you? Is anybody willing to acknowledge that you know what? It might look good on the outside, but on the inside, I'm broken. On the inside, I'm desperate. And I don't care what others think. God, I need you. If that's you, blessed are the, are the poor in spirit. Praise God. Can I tell you, he's here today to minister to those that are broken. He's here today to touch those in need of healing. He's here today to encourage you in the name of Jesus. The rich were certainly invited but few of them were poor enough in spirit to receive. See, humility is found in low places. And Jesus didn't just tolerate or pity the desperate and chaotic crowds. He delighted in the humility. He esteemed them and came to revive their hearts, heal their bodies and save their souls. You and I, the church of Jesus Christ on earth today, the visible representation of an invisible God. We have his spirit. If you've been born again, we have his spirit living on the inside of us and we have been commissioned to shine his love in the midst of a dark world. This world is hungry for him. And if you're not sure what the church should look like to the world around us, let me just give you something to think about. We should be the ones to run into the darkness and dispel it with the light of Christ. We should be the ones to be a voice for those who have been silenced. We should be the ones with our arms open wide to the poor and broken. We are to be the hands and feet of Jesus on this planet. And if you believe that, give God praise. We're here for the broken. And let me just remind you, such were some of you. Don't forget where God called you out of. Don't forget the confusion God delivered you from. Remember your brokenness. Remember your dysfunction. Remember how you so neatly, if you will, cover up the power of dirty laundry, if you will, and how you hide the uh, skeletons in your closet. But if it had not been for grace who dealt with you privately, if it had not been for love who dispelled fear in the midst of your chaos, you wouldn't be here today. Somebody give God praise. Praise God. So the first thing I want you to understand is that people seek perfection in an imperfect world. The second point I want to make today is that brokenness can come with a blessing. Jesus blessed the five loaves and broke them. Unbroken, unblessed, it feeds one. Broken and blessed, it feeds 5,000. In the breaking comes the blessing. 
See, brokenness isn't necessarily a bad thing, Jim Wilson says. A farmer doesn't plant his crop in cement. Rather, he chooses good soil, breaks it up, and then sows the seed. Unbroken soil does not produce abundant crop, but cultivated soil incubates life. A butterfly could never flutter in the spring air without breaking its cocoon, and neither could an eaglet emerge without breaking its shell. Jim is absolutely right. Only through brokenness and humility can new life emerge. It doesn't come through the wholeness. It comes through brokenness. Growth happens when our perceived notions are shattered, when we decide to walk away, be broken, okay? We might be broken in the flesh, but you'll be empowered in the spirit. You might be broken in self-confidence, but you'll have a confidence. You'll have a confidence in God. Do you remember what David said in the 31st Psalm? He said, I am like a broken vessel, and some of us are the same way. You know what? We like broken records. We major on the broken things. We highlight the jagged edges the wounds and the scars. We, we like to say things like, oh, it will be bad or it's getting worse. I'm telling you, that's why you got to be careful who you hang with. I'm not improving. I'm not getting better. Can I tell you, if you're not getting better, you're getting bitter. I believe it gets sweeter as we stay with Jesus. But the reality is this, something is missing and that peace that is missing is stealing our joy. David said, I am like a broken vessel. But I trusted in thee, O God. Trust God with the broken things and watch the blessing come. <laughs> trust God. I know you might not want to divulge all your dirty laundry, but trust God. Because in the brokenness and the humility, the healing will come. The anointing will flow. The grace will be there to strengthen you and sustain you in your time of brokenness. And we talked about the power of declaring some things. I want you to declare with me today. Enemy, I may be broken, but I am blessed. Praise God. Say it with me. Enemy, I may be broken, but I am blessed. I may be torn, but I am healed. I may be shattered, but that's when the costly perfume fills the room. My life may be in pieces, but I am not giving up. The fixer is here. Praise God. Jesus is here. The fixer can solve your problems. The fixer can heal your life. The fixer can take the pieces and bless them. Woo. Praise God. The third thing I want to share with you today. So what do we do with the things that can't be fixed? Let God collect them. Because God collects the broken pieces. God specializes in broken things. The dis pardon me, the disciples slowly but surely begin to grasp that far beyond the physical healings, the promises of God toward the poor were staggering. Eternal. The, 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 the last shall be first. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Their the, the worlds are being turned upside down. Many of those who were coming out in droves, the most broken of humanity, were leaving healed and blessed and heirs in the kingdom of the Most High. This was the new thing, the unmitigated free-for-all of his love. Praise God. I want everybody to experience his love. I want everybody to experience his healing and his hope and his possibilities. Praise God. This is what the high and lofty one, God says. Look at what he says in Isaiah 57, 15. 
I live in a high and holy place, but also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Praise God. (laughs) What a God. What a loving God. I thank you, Jesus. And I worship you, God. You are high and holy, yet you're near to me. You live with the broken and the contrite. I need you this day. See, (laughs) God stationed the tribe of Dan to follow Israel in the wilderness. You know what their job was? Go around, pick up the stragglers. Oh, God is in the collecting business. He doesn't collect the picture perfect models. He collects the broken. You know what? This is the whole reason why (laughs) he goes after the one. (laughs) Is he concerned about the 99? Yes. Is he less concerned about the 99? No. Is he obsessed about the one? You better believe it because that one, that one, I want him to come back. I want her to come back. He specializes in collecting the unresolved conflicts. He loves picking up the undiagnosed hurts. He treasures each shard of disappointment. He collects them all, and you know what he does? He transforms them into joy. The kingdom is a place of people with broken things. Come, those who are blind. Come, those who are maimed. You can make it into the kingdom. You might be coming with broken pieces, but don't stop coming. You might not be whole now, but you will be. You might not be perfect at this particular time, but your change is coming. I'm preaching to somebody today to encourage you. You might be confused out of your mind, but you're here today. And guess what you're about to do? You're about to lift your hands and surrender because you feel a loving God calling on you, tugging on you, reaching for you, telling you that you are blessed because you are broken in spirit. You have realized you've tried everything else and now it's time to try him. Somebody ought to give him praise. Somebody ought to lift their hands and surrender and say, God, I need you. Praise God. I get it. I get it. Okay. I get it. I get it. You're broken, but there's still work for you to do. You're a mess, but God can fix you. All right. You've lost something. You gave, you gave something away. You can't get back. God can restore you. You're sick in your body. God can heal you. You're confused. He can help you. Praise God. Amos 3, I was just reading this today, and it's not even in my notes, but I think it's Amos 3.12. talks about how the lion has various pieces of the lamb kind of in his mouth, how he's devoured the lamb, and he might have a leg or a shoulder. And uh, you know what's interesting? The Lord is going after that lamb. Praise God. He goes after the one. I know there's a lion out there. And I know there's a defenseless lamb, but God is saying, hey, you know what? Go get me the pieces. He's a shepherd who will fight with a lion. He's a shepherd who will fight for you. You, And you're probably saying, God, there's, there's not much left of me. Just a pair of legs or scrap of an ear. You know what God says? I'm willing to fight for those pieces. Praise God. Praise God. I'm not willing to let the enemy have one piece of your life. I want everything he's taken from you is what the Lord is saying. I want everything he's got. And you're like, there's not much of me left. 
There's not much of my life left. I don't have much strength left. I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. I don't have much talents. You know what he says? You might not have much, but you've got enough. Give me what you have. God, all I have is a pair of legs. <laughs> then it's time to walk. All I have is perhaps a wounded or scrap of an ear. It's time to listen. God, I, I think I might be able to put a few words together and share. It's time to talk. But God, will you have me? Will you welcome me? Oh yeah. <laughs> There's room for the wounded. Blessed are the broken, poor in spirit. I'm coming with my pieces. And the Lord says in the 34th Psalm, verse 18, he's close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Have you ever been broken relationally, emotionally, financially, physically? The devil wants us to believe that God cannot use broken people, but the truth is we are all broken. And the very thing you think disqualifies you in the hands of God can qualify you. The blessing is in the breaking. And I believe God wants to take the little you feel you can offer him today and multiply it into something much more than you could ever imagine. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.